Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. So we had our, our, our 12 uh, year anniversary yesterday and of course, you know, we did, we went out to celebrate it because, you know, I, I think that sometimes it's very easy to just get accustomed and, and to get comfortable and to just, you know, normalize uh, things that should be special in your life. Like I remember the first couple of months when we got married and everything was, it was fresh and it was exciting and it was new. And it's like, we're married, you know, and, and it was cool. Now, I don't know where that tapers off, <laughs> but it does. And, and because it, it's, it's not because necessarily because you don't appreciate it. It's just because you get used to it, you know, and you just become more accustomed to it. I, I, I don't know when you, I don't know when the normalizing phase occurs. I don't know when that happens. Like, you know, if you get a car and it's, and it's new, when does it stop being new? Somewhere between three and six months. I, and there's no date set, maybe when it loses that new car smell. But there's a point where you walk out and you see that car and it's new and you're still excited to get into it. And then it's just kind of like, this is my car. You know, and it's, it, it's kind of normal. It just kind of becomes like the standard of, of what you have. And I think that when, sometimes when something is standard, you can take it for granted. So we have 11, sorry, seven people last week that gave their life to Jesus for the very first time. That's actually really new and exciting for them. In fact, when somebody first gives their life to Jesus, have you ever noticed how they're really excited? And they're like, God is real. You know, and you're like, I already knew that, you know? And so you knew that, and, and maybe you got accustomed to the fact that God is real, and it just kind of normalizes for you. Like, I don't know when you gave your life to Jesus, and maybe you're here today, and you're like, never done it. Okay, that, that's fine. But, but when you first have that relationship with God, it's very exciting. And the thing that I've been thinking about is how we can take something that we would consider to be incredibly blessed and just standardize it. You know, like your relationship with God is just standardize it. You know, there are people in history that would kill for what we have as standard. When I was younger, I would go over to my friend's house and we would play on something called a Commodore 64. Now, some of you thought that a Commodore was just a car. It's not. It was a computer. And, and, so, and so it had, like, I remember this, I think it was the A drive or the A discs, you know, the big floppy ones. And to play the game, we'd put in three discs, eject that one, put in the next one, like the anticipation is building, you know? And, and, and so we would, we would play the Commodore 64, and when eventually it did load, I mean, by today's standard, it was average. It, was, it, was, it, was, it really wasn't that good. And, and, but at the time, we were all like, wow, this is amazing, you know? And now I, I, I have this thing called an iPhone, right? And I, I remember when I first got one of these, and when I first got an iPhone, I was like, the future is here, and it's in my hand, and we call it an iPhone. This was revolutionary, an entire screen, and the, like, you probably have forgotten this, but the first time that the screen had the buttons on it, wow, 
you know? And, and they had games that weren't Snake. And, and, and Snake is awesome, okay. But, but at the same time, like, when you got this, it was amazing. But now it's just like, you know, it's just my phone. You know, this is all it is, nothing special. But this thing that's not very special, last year when I traveled to America, allowed me the, the ability to do this thing called FaceTime. So I, I had my phone and I was calling my family because I, I missed them. And I'm talking to them and they're talking to me, no delay at the same time, and we're looking at each other's faces, right? Now, I can see you're not that impressed, but, but 10 years ago, this was a dream. Like, if we were to say that you could hold a phone one day in your hand that would allow you to communicate with your family face-to-face when you are in another part of the world, that is outrageous, right? But what happens is that it becomes standard. And I've noticed that when something becomes standard, you just appreciate it less. Now, the thing about appreciation, the first step towards appreciation is always recognition because you have to know what you've got in order to appreciate it. So sometimes when you've got something that could be uh, spectacular or, or put you in a position where you could be considered to be incredibly blessed, all you have to do to ignore it is to just standardize it and treat it like it's, it's really not anything special. But when you realize what you've got, we, we have a word that describes that, when you realize what you've got and you're thankful for it. And the word is gratitude. And gratitude is an attitude that recognizes the position that you have. And you're thankful. So sometimes we need to look again at what we've got to recognize our position so that we can all over again be thankful for it. Are you with me so far? Good. So I I wanted to read to you out of Hebrews today. And one of the reasons why I like to read the Bible is it helps to refresh me in what I've got. It helps to teach me what I should be thankful for so I don't forget about it and just treat what is spectacular as standard, all right? So I want to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to begin in verse 29. This is what it says. In fact, I think we're going to begin here one verse later. That's totally my fault. But verse 29, here's what it says. By faith, everyone say by faith. By faith, faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. This is an incredible story. Both of those two stories are amazing. You know, one is when God saved Israel by parting the Red Sea and allowing them to cross through it and be safe. And when the Egyptians tried to do the same, you know the story, they were drowned. And then this story where uh, by faith, they marched around the walls of Jericho and they did it for seven days. And on the seventh day, they marched around it seven times and they they blew trumpets and, and, and the walls fell down. Just God showing what he is able to do. That's an incredible story. Uh, By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient when she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. These are amazing stories. It it goes on. And and this is the part of the um, Bible which we would probably call the faith, or this is the hall of famers, okay? These people are amazing. And, And it says, and this is, when I think about 
wanting to live a life on fire for God, some of these thoughts might actually come to mind. It says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms. Wow. Enforced justice. Another way that you could translate that word justice would be righteousness, which means they acted on behalf of God to see his will be done in the world around them. Obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of lions. That's a story about Daniel. You know, when Daniel, he was in the lion's den and the lions were meant to eat him. And then they rolled uh, the, the stone back in the morning and all those lions were just relaxed and Daniel was not eaten. That's, that's an amazing story. Quench the power of fire. Do, do you remember that story? That's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he looks in the fire and he sees four people. He's like, who is that person that looks like the son of man? It's like Jesus was in the fire with them. That's, come on, that's a pretty cool story, isn't it? Escaped the edge of sword. Were made strong out of weakness. Became mighty in war. Put foreign armies to flight. Get this, women received back their dead by resurrection. Now, how many of you love this kind of stuff that I'm talking about? Like, you're like, now that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about being a Christian, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I, I want to see, all right? Well, all right, that's, we're going to call that column A, all right? So, so there's a column B, and, and this is what it says. Some were tortured. Don't like that. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in the skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth, which is typically where you'd go when you were hiding and in fear for your life. Column B, not so good. Um, it says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did, they didn't receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better. Say something better. God had provided something better for us. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. You know, faith isn't tested in blessing. It's, it's tested in suffering. Faith isn't tested in blessing. It's tested in suffering. And when I see these heroes' faith, to be honest, it's almost shaming when we consider some of the things that we complain about. For example, I will admit to you that 15 minutes is a long time to look for a car park, okay? But we're not facing what these guys face. When, when your challenge in life is really that you couldn't find a car park and you feel like the enemy is coming against you, uh, I, don't, I don't think you're really looking at this thing the way that we should be looking at it. I don't think we're seeing suffering the way that they really did it in the Bible. Sometimes I read stories about these guys, the, the Hall of Famers, 
and I see their success and I think, wow, this would be incredible. I mean, I would love to have the kind of success that they had when they faced their obstacles. I would love to have these kind, this kind of experience. But I want you to see something this morning that I think is incredibly important that you pay attention to, which is when you read the little excerpt that I just read to you about the blessings and the victories and the battles and the lions and all the stuff that they overcome, these things are the tip of the iceberg. You're just looking at a little excerpt of their entire life. You're looking at the pinnacle. That's why it's mentioned in this part of the Bible. You're looking at the pinnacle of the most amazing experience that ever happened, but that experience is actually attached to an entire life, much of which went through significant suffering before they were able to walk in that incredible blessing. They didn't live from mountaintop to mountaintop. They didn't live from peak to peak. And the reason why I mention this is that if you read the scriptures and you say, that's the kind of Christianity that I'm looking for, you're not seeing the whole picture. You're seeing what we would call the highlight reel. It's just a highlight. It's, it's a highlight that's attached to something far deeper. And if you say, well, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for. That's the kind of faith that I want. Mountaintop experience. Every day is just peak to peak and everything is really good. I, I, I just wanted to tell you today that success has a very close cousin called suffering. And they're related. And sometimes you're going to have seasons where you have success But sometimes there's going to be seasons where you go through this thing called suffering. And the stories that we read today, these guys went through some serious suffering. But if all you see is the miracle, you're just looking at the tip of the iceberg. You're just looking at the highlight reel. And I I don't think that that is really Christianity. This mountaintop, perpetual mountaintop experience. If you say, I'm looking for the version of Christianity that's trouble-free. Like if you were going to, if you were going to order this, you'd call up and say, I would like to order a trouble-free life with a side of miracles. (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, your phone is already disconnected Because what you're hoping for doesn't exist. And that's why it's probably important to read the whole Bible and not just the highlight reel that we see in Hebrews chapter 11. Because if you start to flick back and read about the lives of these guys and you read about their whole lives, you say, we're just, we're really just looking at the highlights here. Uh, that, that, that life of perpetual mountaintop experience, it, it doesn't really exist. This is what I would call the DJ Khaled version of life. So I know that there's a lot of people here that have no idea who that is. I don't, that's all right. He's just a music artist, right? But he wrote this song and it goes something like this. 
All I do is win, win, win. Yeah, hands up if you've heard it. Yeah, I actually figured this. So, so, <laughs> so, so all I do is win, 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 no matter what. All right, this is, this is a song that he sings. And I'm going to tell you something about DJ Kelly right now. <laughs> he doesn't. I've seen him play basketball. He's not good at it, right? All he does is win, win, win. That is fake, fake, fake. That's not real. He doesn't win, win, win. That's not, hey, come on. That's not Christianity. If you're signing up for the Christianity where all you do is win, 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 no matter what, you are going to be so disappointed. And this is absolutely not the experience that these Old Testament guys had. In fact, this is what I would call spiritual Instagram. You know, on Instagram, people only ever take their best shots. You should have seen how many photos we took yesterday to post the ones we did. Too much, too much shadow. I can't see my face. I'll tell you, I wasn't going to say this, but I will now. Sarah was wearing, if you go back and look at one of the photos, if we're friends on Facebook, right? She was wearing this top that, that actually comes across here. The problem was, is that nearly every photo we took made her look totally naked. <laughs> and so we, we kept taking these photos, and then I didn't have steady hands. So I was like, oh gosh, I did it again. And, and it's like, you can't post that. Because people would say, did you go to like a nudist colony? Like... Like, why are you wearing clothes and Sarah's just in the nut? And, and, so, and so I had to keep taking, oh, really? Is this okay? Because it's already out. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, I had, to, I had to keep taking photos, right? So spiritual Instagram is what happens when we read Hebrews 11 and we see all they did is win, 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 no matter what, right? They just had the best possible experience that a human being can have when you are following God, but, but it's not real. I mean, it's not true. It doesn't always work out that way. And I would love to tell you today, please don't be jealous when you see someone's blessing because it's, it's just a highlight, okay? And further to that, you don't know what people had to walk through to get the blessing that you think came easy. You see someone's marriage and you say, I wish that my marriage looked like that. They're just, they're just perfect, you know? It's like everything is, looks so easy for them. But, but what you don't understand is that the couple that look like they have the perfect marriage have gone through some really tough stuff. They just didn't post that on Instagram because it wasn't a highlight. They, they, they went through hard stuff. They had challenges. They might have had counseling. They might have had to sit down and had confrontation and issues and sorted it out. But you just see the, the highlight and say, wow, I wish I had what they have. Hey, don't hope for that. You don't know what it's cost them to get where they are. You don't, you don't know. You know, when I go to the shops, you can get, um, have you, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but every shop that you go into, they, you can get a, like a club, you can join their club, okay? It's very irritating. It, like, and it doesn't really matter what I buy, 
anything that I buy, right, they say, would you like to be a part of our club? And I don't mean to give them this rolling of the eyes and all the rest of it, but I say, all right, come on, like, what do I get? All right, so what, what do I get out of this deal, you know? And, and, and they tell me, and uh, there is not a wallet in the world that contains enough space for the cards that you can get. Just, just a pro tip, there is an app that stores all of those cards for you, okay? So you can take a photo and it keeps it, right? So, so that's what I did, because I hate just, I don't like you know, a really big fat wallet. It's never got, it's never cash. It's just cards, you know? And, and so, and so anyway, um, I don't, I don't join every, every club that I can, but I, I did join Nando's. Yeah. Yeah. I joined Nando's, right? And, uh, and when I joined Nando's, they sent me a, a welcome email and the email opened something like this. Dear Ben, we want to thank you for your loyalty. <laughs> and you know they say confession is good for the soul, right? So I want to just, I need to get this off my chest. I am not as loyal as they think I am. <laughs> I, I sometimes eat at other restaurants. <laughs> and, and it's true. And, and, and I do, I, I've been known to frequent grilled um, I, I, I like to eat there. Of course, I'd never tell Nando's that. But, but, but sometimes I eat other places. And, and the thing is, is that they think that I'm loyal, but I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just in it for the perks. You know? Like, I just want my free wrap every six months, you know? And, and that's, that's why I'm, I'm... I don't want to tell them that I'm not loyal. It's just, I'm just in it for the perks, but, you know, I... I think some people treat their relationship with Jesus the same way. You know? It's like they're, what they're really in it for, it's not, the, it's not about the relationship. It's, it's actually just about the perks that come with having a relationship. It's, it's actually so they could start to get maybe some of the highlights that they read about, and that's the reason what they've got. It. And I've discovered the perks... They're not really perks. They're actually outcomes of something far more significant we call relationship. Perks aren't perks when it comes to God. They're outcomes of a relationship, a genuine relationship that you have with God. Now, that's the reason why in the scripture that I read today, why Egypt couldn't follow Israel. Because Israel, the Red Sea parted and, and it opened up and they went through. And Egypt said, well, if they can do it, we can do it. But they were lacking something that Israel had. First of all, can we reflect on the fact that Israel went through 400 years of suffering before they got their, their, their blessing and their, and their miracle? But then after they got it, Egypt said, they did it, we can do it. But they were missing something. They were looking at it like a, treating it like a, maybe like a perk or a highlight. They didn't realize that what came was as a result of having a relationship. And so when they tried to cross over, they couldn't reproduce the miracle and the ocean covered them up and they drowned where Israel succeeded. Now, here's a good lesson for you. Please don't start to lean into other people's lanes and start to wish you had what they had because maybe they got what they got because they have a different kind of a relationship or maybe God wants to do something different with you in your life. Don't, don't, don't get jealous of what other people have got in their lives. That thing that you are seeing, it comes out of something we call relationship. 
But you know, the thing about relationship is relationships are really hard to see. In fact, it's kind of like love. Like, love is hard to see. So I can tell you that I'm in a relationship with my wife. I have some beautiful magenta flowers here in my hands, mainly because these are the colors that Sarah was holding in her wedding bouquet on our wedding day. That's why I chose the pink ones, right? Now, I could tell you that, that we love each other, but love is really difficult to see. You can't see it, right? And so, let, let me just give you the flowers. It's easier if I do this. I love you. I love you, right? That's not a perk. That's not, that's, that's not a perk. There are really not a lot of perks to being married to me, right? So that's... Now that, like none. But... But, right, that's, 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 not an, that's not a perk. That's an expression of relationship. That's an expression of relationship. It's hard to see love because it's invisible. What you get to see is what surrounds it. I can tell you I, I, I love Sarah, but, but you might get to see an expression of that love. That's kind of how things work with God too. It's hard to see that God loves you, but if you're careful and you take stock, you start to see expressions of it. Now, when the Bible says that by faith, and remember, if you think back to the scripture that we just read, everything was done by faith, what they really mean to see is by relationship. Because faith is simply a relationship that relies completely on trust. We could probably take the word faith out and say totally trust. Totally trust. And my point is this. You need a relationship with God and not when you get to the point where you say, God, I'm in trouble, help me. See, when you say, God, I'm in trouble, help me, you're looking for a perk, right? I mean, if that's exclusively your relationship. You can ask God for help in your time of need and expect to find grace and mercy. Come on, like, we understand that. But if your relationship with God exclusively exists around the trouble that you experience in life, then there's something that's not very real between you and Him. And, and really what you're looking for is a relationship that provides you a lot of perks. And my point is this, if a relationship with God, if the relationship you have with God is simply searching for perks, then you're never going to find the power anyway because miracles are just outcomes of something better let me say that again I want to make sure you got that miracles are just outcomes of something better and when you look at this list of miracles that you see and come on like this is amazing when I read this list and I see this and I see that wow they parted the Red Sea and, and saved all of Israel, that's incredible. When I read the story about um, the walls of Jericho that fell down, I say, that's, that's, um, that's amazing, right? By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient. It was by faith that she didn't do it. And I think about the people like Gideon, Gideon who actually incredibly won a, was outnumbered, outmatched, but won a war by blowing trumpets and smashing jars. And, and when the enemy heard that sound, they thought they were surrounded, so they panicked and killed each other. That's how you know you really you know, messed up when you killed each other, right? 
And that's what they did. And they, and, and they all killed each other. And I read these stories and I go, wow. Now that's the kind of, that's the kind of Christianity that I'm looking for. You know, something that's amazing and miraculous. And, and uh, it's a highlight. That's the tip of the iceberg because you could go deep into their life but if, and, and see the suffering that they went through to get what they got. But, but at the same time, like if you were reading this and looking at it and saying to yourself, now that's what I want. Or if you wish you had what they've got. Like, don't you ever read this sometimes? Say, man, I wish we could see stuff like this. Wouldn't it be so cool if, 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 if we could see stuff like this? If you've ever said, I wish that I could have what they had, you should know that they died hoping for something better. And we know about it because as miraculous as everything was, they died looking forwards and saying, oh, there's got to be something better. We know about it because in verse uh, 39, he says this, all these though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised. And that God had something better. And I don't know if you read the stories like that and you say, what could be better than that? What could be better than all of those incredible, miraculous things? And this is what you need to realize. This is what you need to recognize. This, this next thing that I'm about to say, this is the thing that you may have standardized. This is the thing I don't want you to take for granted today. This is the thing that never never normalizes this. Don't take it for granted. Don't standardize it. This is the thing. We have what they hoped for. We have it. They died wishing they had what we had. Don't look back and say, oh, I wish it was more like that. Because from history, they're saying, oh, I wish we could have it as good as you. Don't hope for what they had. We've got something better. You know what we have? We have a relationship with God that came through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that brought about so much incredible change in in, in humanity in our lives. I mean, come on, the fact that God would come and die for us and sacrifice Himself for our sins, that He would do that for us and that through Him we would receive forgiveness of sins, right? And be made perfect in His eyes. That's what it says that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. In other words, that last scripture that we read in that Hebrews 11 chapter is really saying we could never do it on our own. We could never become perfect on our own. But when you have a relationship with the Father through the Son, you're forgiven of your sins and you stand as perfect before the God and before God. And that affords you certain things that that you just can't get before Christ came. See, when when God forgives you, it says that He comes and lives in your heart. I hope you never standardize that. The fact that the God of the universe breathes stars into existence and everything you've ever seen and everything you've ever known, every, every person you've ever met, everything was made by Him and and that He would live in you. If you wake up every day and you've lost your wonder and your awe and forgotten the miracle that is salvation, that God would live in you more than that, that He would fill you 
with the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit, if you've forgotten that, then you may have missed something significant or taken something for granted that you should never standardize, you know. It kind of made me start to think, what could we do if we have what they hoped for? I mean, if you look back in time and say, I wish what they had, please don't hope for that. They're looking forward to saying, I wish we could have what was promised, but it's here and it's now. And if you've already given your life to Jesus, then you already have it. Don't hope for their highlights. They are nothing close to what happens when you know Jesus. Nothing close. These people would be blown away by what we consider to be normal. To what we just sometimes maybe treat as standard. See, there, there is something that's better than His power. Because that's the miracles. There's something that's better than His power and it's called His presence. Don't, don't, don't chase the miracle. Chase the maker. Don't, don't look for the highlight. Find Jesus. He's the source of all the things that you hope for anyway. And don't have a relationship with God where it just suddenly pinnacles around times that you find particularly tough. The stuff that you want, it comes out of the thing we call relationship with Him. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray for people today. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.